fit the motto of Special Olympics, which is let me win. But if I cannot win, let me be brave in the attempt. Hello and welcome. I'm Lori Hardy. Thanks for listening in as we continue to talk with leaders in our community. Joining us today is Mike Day, a local fire investigator and a volunteer with Special Olympics Washington. Mike's involvement comes through the Law Enforcement Torch Run, which is L-E-T-R. It's a campaign for Special Olympics. In addition to volunteering his time and resources to Special Olympics, Mike also has a son, Spencer, who is a Special Olympics athlete. And Jamalina Esmeli, Director of Marketing and Communications for Special Olympics Washington, is joining us as well. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So glad you're here. Now, LETR is Law Enforcement Torch Run, and it's the largest public awareness and fundraising vehicle for the Special Olympics. So you have other ones, but this is your big deal, right? It is. I think just globally, um, LETR is the largest fundraising and awareness campaign for us. The event has already happened. There's more to come, right? A lot more things through mid-March. And Special Olympics Washington's LETR will host five polar plunges across Washington. And the Seattle one, of course, we've already missed. It's the biggest. And the total fundraising goal is? $400,000. $400,000. Okay. And as of today, you're more than halfway there. We are. We're almost there. We missed your plunge, but can you tell us about other ones coming up? Sure. There's a plunge coming up in Anacortes, which is going to be March 14th. Because we do these all over the state, we try to split them up by the region so everybody can get the opportunity to come out and try one of these. And how does someone register to do that? You can register for this by going to the website, which is polarplungewa.com. And if you're a big chicken like me and some of the other people here at the station that think our water's too cold, how could we just donate or support somebody else to do it? Is that a possibility? It is absolutely possible. In fact, we have a chicken coop out there because clearly <laughs> you can see that this is something that uh, you really do have to kind of brave the icy waters. And so for the people who don't want to, we love having the support, the cheering crowds. And so we have a chicken coop out there. <laughs> you pay your $50, then you get to go out to the chicken coop and still get a T-shirt and the chance to be involved in the activities without actually having to jump in the water. I could do that. I could do that. Yeah, the, the other thing uh, about the Anacortes Plunge is that there's also a dash that's part of it. So it's a 5K run. So if you would prefer to stay on land, you can do that as well. Now, you were telling me, Mike, that you come from Kansas and you had to saw a hole in the ice? Yes. So for my original polar plunge that I started uh, doing 11 years ago, they actually used chainsaws to cut six inches of ice <laughs> off the top of the lake before we went in for our plunge. And you jumped in. We did. And in fact, we did a super plunge out there also to where we would go 24 times in 24 hours. Oh my goodness. 24 times. So every hour on the hour. Well, we do a super plunge out here as well where we go 20 times over 12 hours. So we're still jumping in the water repeatedly for Special Olympics. And each of the super plungers that makes that commitment has to also raise a minimum of $1,500. So you're making a big commitment, not just to the fundraising efforts of Special Olympics, but uh, being able to go and jump in the sound repeatedly uh, over and over throughout the day. Does it get easier or harder? Uh, psychologically, I think it gets a little <laughs> bit harder. But once you get the first one done, then you kind of know what to expect and can set up... Uh, what to expect for the rest of the day. <laughs> so what inspired you to get involved with Spe Special Olympics, Mike? Well, I was inspired to do this because of my son, Spencer. And when Spencer was born, he has Down syndrome. After we had Spencer, we realized that Spencer needs outlets to do the things that you see a lot of other people doing, like playing sports and having friends. Uh, Special Olympics was our, uh, provided the ability for us to be able to do that. And Spencer started competing in what they called the young athletes at a very early age, at eight years old. And it was great because they have the 
ability to help athletes with all types of disabilities, the cognitive, the physical, whatever challenges that they face, uh, there's a place for them to be able to go and not just participate in athletics, but to develop the camaraderie, the friendships, the self-confidence, because as a parent, that's really what I was hoping for my kids, just like everybody else, is that number one, that they're happy, but that they can feel included and like they're part of these groups and Special Olympics has really provided that for him. And did they stay friends after competing together? Oh, absolutely. It is the greatest thing to watch them uh, supporting each other. And they try hard. And then when they're done, they celebrate together. Um, It's just absolutely wonderful. I actually had the opportunity to put a gold medal around my son's neck when we were doing a medal ceremony. He had won gold at state and it was his first state medal. And after we got done, if that wasn't a great enough experience, uh, he actually went with me and put medals on the other competitors' necks. Oh. and help me place the medals on them. Oh, that is really something. Did you shed a tear? Uh, I'll say it's possible. My yeah. allergies may have been acting <laughs> up that day. How long have the Special Olympics been going on nationally and locally? Well, internationally, Special Olympics was founded in 1968, so more than 50 years. And in Washington State, we established Special Olympics in 1975. What is the law enforcement torch run campaign for Special Olympics Washington? Well, the law enforcement torch run started in 1981 in Wichita, Kansas, when the police chief there, Richard Lemunyan, saw a need that Special Olympics needed additional fundraising and wanted to be able to contribute to the community because the people with special needs in their community are out and about with them every day. And he recognized that that was a need that wasn't being filled. And so what he saw was the ability to do some fundraising by carrying a torch from City Hall to the local high school stadium. And they carried a torch and raised money from local businesses along the way. And that very first plunge in 1981 that generated a few hundred dollars has now spread to the largest grassroots fundraising campaign for Special Olympics. And just in Washington, LETR last year raised $500,000. Because fundraising is the hardest. Why would anyone want to plunge in the icy waters of Puget Sound? I just have to say this. I gave you all a tour. You got to meet Fitz in the morning of our country station, and he was on the same team as me. Of <laughs> Why would you want to do this? Well, it takes about $1,000 to fund an athlete for an entire year in the sports that they compete in. And so clearly they need to have the funds raised. And we recognize that there's a lot of good Mm not-for-profits. So this is a fun way to become involved because not only do you get to do a little bit of fundraising, but then you get to have this challenge. And I can tell you, having done the Super Plunge for nine years and the Polar Plunge for 11 years, that it's just as much a mental challenge as it is a physical of physically jumping into the water. So you raise a little bit of money for Special Olympics, and then you get to go out and, and have the experience of doing something that not very many people have done. And I think after you go out your first time, then you become hooked, much like the way it is if you go out and volunteer for Special Olympics. I think once somebody goes out and volunteers at one of the Special Olympics events that we have, they go one time and then they become hooked. They bring their friends and it's that uh, phenomenon where people just want to become more involved. And I hear people say, I think I got more out of it than the athlete or the people that I was volunteering for. Oh, absolutely. And we see that because... Clearly, the law enforcement torch run is law enforcement officers who are going out in the community, and they're out there every day. But this is the opportunity to do what you signed up for, which is to go out and and be a positive influence, to make a positive difference. And you get to see these officers and these volunteers that are, are doing something for somebody else. But I would clearly say, I know it's the case for me, that 
I get as much out of this or more out of this than, than Spencer does. It's just truly one of those things to where you feel uh, more complete and more whole after you've had a chance to go and volunteer for a Special Olympics event. What if someone doesn't want to plunge? I think we talked about the chicken coop. I love that. But they can still get involved and support Special Olympics in other ways, right? So you have some other things coming up? We absolutely do. We would love to have people come out and volunteer at our events, regional tournaments on both sides of the mountain, fundraising events. We have tons going on throughout the year. To register again, you just go to your website. Exactly. SpecialOlympicsWashington.org. Is there any kind of limit, like age limit for volunteering? There's not. As long as, I mean, if you're a younger child, ideally you're volunteering with your parents, but Mm -hmm. we have families that come out and volunteer together. And it's really, it's a great way to get groups of youth, groups of families together to volunteer. And we'll also throw in that if you do get the chance to come out to the Anacortes Plunge and you're under 18, that's great. We just need to have a waiver signed and you can actually bring that the day of the event. So either if you make Anacortes or you're unable to make the Seattle Plunge this year, but think, hey, this sounds great next year. Uh, We have a program called Cool Schools. So we actually encourage athletes, the high school athletes, to come out and participate because these are the peers. Absolutely, it's a great thing. And the cool schools, uh, they can come out together. They can plunge. It only takes 10 students from a school, and it doesn't have to just be the student. It can be students, teachers, friends, anybody associated with that school. They can be part of that cool schools program. Oh, that's awesome. Any teachers listening? Cool schools. I love that. So you got involved because of your son, but also there's another reason you're involved in Special Olympics. So I am part of the Law Enforcement Torch Run Executive Committee, and that means that I get to share my passion for being a member of the law enforcement community as well as being the parent of a Special Olympics athlete. And how did law enforcement end up getting involved? This started with Chief Lemunyan's torch run across Wichita, but then it expanded into a national movement. And then from there, they sought to find further ways to be able to raise money. And one of our biggest fundraisers is this Polar Plunge that we've been doing and will continue to do this year and for years to come. It's a way to generate money, but also to get the community involved, to get the schools involved. Uh, It's not just about the fundraiser, but it's also about the feeling of inclusion in the community. And how long is an event? You said the next one's in Wenatchee, right? Is it a weekend, a week, a day? Right. Our state games are a weekend. We usually kick off with an opening ceremonies on Friday night, and then we've got competitions all day on Saturday and Sunday. We have tons of law enforcement come out and support us there as well to give out awards and uh, to volunteer. All corners of the state come out to not only participate and compete, as well as volunteer. Is Special Olympics every year here? We have four state games a year, essentially with every season. Year-round, we have more than 180 events that take place. So we have got sports competitions that take place on the regional level and the very local level in the weeks leading up to each state game. Well, and as I told you, there's also varying abilities. So when you have a sport like basketball, you have the traditional team basketball, but for the athletes that may not be able to play at a team level, they also have individual skills so that they can still be awarded medals for exceeding and pushing their boundaries of what they thought they could do and what others thought they could do, they can work towards those and still continue to earn medals uh, in skills events. And what are the sports? Can you you possibly list them all? Well, we have 24 sports that mm-hmm. we offer all year round. Bocce ball, I know. Bocce, for sure. It's going to be a test if I can do this. Yes. Um, track and field, swimming, soccer, flag football, bowling, alpine skiing, cross country, snowshoeing, figure skating, speed skating, basketball, gymnastics, snowboarding. And roller skating? Is roller skating one? It's not. Not. Well, that's a lot. I know. I'm halfway there, right? So how do they choose what, it's just like whatever they're good at, is that how they decide what they want to compete in? Well, athletes can actually, they can be a four 
season athlete if they prefer, if they like, and they can, whatever interests them, they can join. Well, and I can tell you, having moved here from the Midwest, that when Spencer went to go play soccer for his first time here, he realized that he did not like playing soccer in the rain. And he let us know that very quickly. And so he was a uh, one done with the soccer. But that was because of his choice. The Special Olympics athletes are like everybody else. Mm -hmm. They know what they enjoy doing, which events are team events and versus an individual event, and which ones that they really want to embrace and work hard at because they have to go to practices, they have to train, uh, they work with their teammates, their peers. And some of them, we even have unified events where they get to work with their peers through the schools or peers in the community, and they compete together as a unified sport. And unified in our in the Special Olympics world means that you're competing with people with and without intellectual disabilities. So a great way for both sides, really, to work together. You can really see the teamwork that happens. You know, we've all seen these videos of the Special Olympics. They're very heartwarming. Well, you know, I think that the motto of Special Olympics, which is let me win, but if I cannot win, let me be brave in the attempt, speaks not just to the athletes of Special Olympics, but the spirit behind the polar plunge and the torch run and everything that we're trying to do, and that the athletes absolutely want to win and they want to perform their best. But when they're doing their best job, and this goes beyond just the sports aspect, because there's also many health screenings that get done. Kaiser Permanente is a partner of Special Olympics. There are opportunities that the athletes of Special Olympics get that they wouldn't have received if it wasn't for Special Olympics. How did you end up working for Special Olympics? I came in through the the USA Games, which are here in 2018. But I think I was inspired by friends who have children who are part of the program. And Mm -hmm. so I saw how Special Olympics gave them confidence and how they really thrived. And so it was very inspiring for me to want to go work for the organization. I love it that you have that passion too, because a lot of times when an organization gets started, then the people that have started it move up to administrative and all the decision-making, and that's not where the passion is. So I love it that people with passion are holding down all of these positions because I think it really matters. Well, and I think that you also find in law enforcement, when you're talking about the torch run, that a lot of people don't know about it. And once they find out, once you get that hook and place the medals on the athletes or do the torch run, that's when you go and get your friends because a lot of times we just get busy with life and Mm -hmm. you don't realize that there's these opportunities that are out there. And so that's why we're trying to advocate for these Special Olympics athletes and trying to do something to get the awareness out there. It's easy to ask people for money, but to let them be involved and be part of it is really a big deal. And to have those kind of experience, I think, is really providing for your community as well. Well, it's a fun talking point because if you're going to come out and do the polar plunge, sure, there's the commitment of jumping in the cold water one time, but you're going in one time and being cold for a few minutes. But the smiles that you're putting on the athletes' faces is going to last a lifetime. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to contribute all that money yourself It's very easy to go online and donate, to go through social media, to put the awareness out there. It's a fun talking point. That's one of the things that I love doing is going out and telling people what I do because, of course, you get the, oh, that's crazy to go jump in the cold water. (laughs) Well, that's what I said. (laughs) And that's when you can talk to people about why you're doing it. Mm -hmm. And once they get the why, it's very easy as opposed to just trying to get $75 from one person to go get $10 from 50 people. Mm -hmm. I think all it takes is coming out to one event, whether it be the Polar Plunge or watching the opening ceremony for one of our state games. And I think you'll be hooked once you see, as Mike said, the smiles on the athletes' faces. And yeah, it'll hook you in. What does the opening ceremonies look like? For our state games, a a big part of it is the parade of athletes. So Mm. it's fanfare. And we usually have a nice gauntlet of law enforcement officers that welcome in the athletes. 
And the big part of it is bringing in the torch where we light the cauldron. And we um, usually have, preceding it is a law enforcement torch run, which will make its way around the state. We'll have a law enforcement officer or a representative and, a, and an athlete bring in the torch together to light the cauldron. And how long does the opening events last? About an hour or so. And then is there like a big reception? And uh, Not usually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's usually because the athletes need to get, need to, get to bed. So they, they need, need their rest. The next morning. <laughs> I've often heard people that have said they want to volunteer. A lot of times people say it and they don't follow through. So I would admonish people to go to the website, look at it, go out to some of the plunges. I mean, Anna Corda, she could spend the whole day there, go do the plunge. And is it a one-time thing or is it one of those super ones? No, though, this will be a single plunge where you can go out and dip in the water one time and, <laughs> and then go back to... What you were doing. Yeah, so you only have to muster your courage for one jump. Just the one time. So how long have you been involved now? Well, I've been doing the single plunge for 11 years and the super plunge in one form or another for nine years. And what would you say is your biggest takeaway to this state? Oh, I, it has to be the people. Mm-hmm. Between the other people who are going in and plunging with you and the athletes, the people who care in their community, the greatest thing out of anything has just got to be the people that I've met along the journey. There's an author, Simon Sinek. He says the way to win is to understand the why, because the why is important. And like you talk about, doing it is a big event, but the awareness and the community that you're building feels like the why. I see your face when you're saying this, and I can tell that this just gets to your heart. Well, I thought the first time that we did this, my wife had formed a team, and there were three on the team. And I said that this is crazy. There's no way I'm going to do it. They were cutting ice off the top of the lake. Really? You? Oh, I, no way. I said, it's, <laughs> it's just, why would any sane, rational person want to go jump in frozen icy water? But I wasn't going to do it without her. So we had a team of four for our first year, which the next year built to a team of 25. And then after my second year, then I started doing the super plunge. And that was a completely different mentality because you're going in repeatedly. You had to raise a lot more money. But it was a really difficult psychological just to sit there and over and over again, continue jumping in the water. And that was a much smaller group. We only had about a dozen of us that did that super plunge. And so you became really connected with your other super plungers. And those are relationships that I still maintain now. And do, does everyone do it or do they they do three or four and then they jump in the chicken coop or how does? <laughs> no, everyone does it. And in fact, I can say on one of my early super plunges, there was a high school Uh, super plunger and didn't feel that she was going to be able to do it overnight. And one of the other super plungers carried her on the the plunge that she didn't feel that she could make it. And she regained her strength and finished doing the 24 plunges. Wow. So it is, it's like the sport, really. It's, you're encouraging one another. another. Mm. And are you lifelong friends with a lot of these people? Absolutely. The Mm. friendships, it's just like the friendships with the athletes and the other volunteers, these are people that uh, you now share that common bond with. And anytime that you go and do something like jumping in the water when it's cold like that, I think that that just kind of develops uh, a kinship. It's really great to go to events like the Polar Plunge and you see the representatives from King County Sheriff's Office talking with Seattle PD, talking with Five PD, and it's, it's all one big brother and sisterhood, so see all that happening. Well, they're very involved with the torch run itself mm-hmm. because the athletes are co-carrying the torch with the law enforcement officer. And so you will see Special Olympics athletes switching out as well as the law enforcement officer switching out. And you'll also see when they go to events uh, like the Tippa Cops or the Cop on Top, that (laughs) those are also athlete driven. And so the athletes are there right alongside the law enforcement officers. Yeah. So they're friends. 
Absolutely. So if someone wants to get involved, they can physically be involved, right, by volunteering. They can donate. And awareness, you know, let schools know. If you're working with a PTA or you're a teacher, let the schools know about cool schools. Right, exactly. And if your school doesn't already offer a unified program, ask for it because we would love to go in and start a unified soccer team so that we can get students with and without intellectual disabilities playing together. We call it the inclusion revolution. And I know as a parent, once again, switching my hats back and forth, <laughs> Right. that's the thing that I absolutely love seeing is you worry when you have a kid who's different from the other kids and you want to know, are they going to be accepted? And when you go to the school and you see that he is treated just like any of the other kids, that mm-hmm. is just the greatest feeling to know that he truly is included and that we live in a place and a time where people don't see the differences. They, they see the similarities. Yeah. Well, we were, I raised my kids on a small island and so everybody knew each other and that was really good for the kids with special needs because they all knew each other and they grew up together. But I think maybe in a bigger setting, it might be a little harder. Well, I do. Things that are different can be scary, but if we're teaching that this is normal right. and that uh, we're not all alike, but that differences aren't something to be afraid of, that this is something that we still champion and celebrate. Uh, I think that that is the the revolution that we're seeing is that mm-hmm. trend to embrace that instead of being afraid of it. If you talk to any of the members of law enforcement that participate in the torch run and the plunge, that they would tell you the same thing, that that this gives them the opportunity and that they get more than they give, not on purpose, but just by the nature of the relationship you're building, you become amazed at at the experience and the feeling of inclusion. It's just an incredible experience. And the word that comes to me is trust. That's what the word that just keeps coming to me through this whole interview is that you're building a community of trust because we want people to trust our law enforcement. You couldn't have picked a better group to merge with for this. Well, and I think you also hit the other word, which is community, Mm -hmm. because members of law enforcement, just like members of fire and EMS and all public servants are in this because they want to help their, their fellow people. And I think that this really provides that avenue to where you get to see that side of law enforcement to where they're out in the community and they're out building the relationships, doing the things that you're talking about. But with the community, uh, one of the things I'll say about the special needs community is a lot of the parents of at least a kid with special need, it becomes hard to ask for things because you fight for the things that you really feel like you should be getting, like health care and inclusion and things that really become a struggle. And so to get something for nothing uh, doesn't seem like it's a natural thing. Say more about that. Well, I was going to say, I know that there was somewhere I was going to wind up going with that. I love that, though. I love the emotion because that's what it's about, right? That's the why. Well, it is. And so parents don't always get the services that they need and they have to fight for it. And so when you see members of the law enforcement community that are out there uh, giving of their own time and their abilities to help coach and to help these athletes and to put an award on an athlete's neck, I tell you, I still think that's one of the things that's the most amazing thing that I've witnessed is watching the members of law enforcement go to the metal hanging ceremonies and the athletes because they look up to members of law enforcement. Mm-hmm. And so when they have one of their heroes that are putting a medal around their neck, it's just an absolutely uh, awe-inspiring moment. Thank you for sharing that. And I think th- that it is hard for parents of special needs. I have several friends, and it is hard. And you feel like you're constantly going to battle for what you need. And there's not a lot of advocacy when you've got people of law enforcement caliber 
that are valuing the parents and what they're doing, that just seems to really make a huge difference. Well, and when you can go to an event like the the games and you'll have the ability to go get orthotics and the doctors are there to fit them and to provide them, to show the resources that the athletes need, to be able to get eyeglasses that have been donated, to be able to be networked with other health issues. That's all on top of being able to go and play their sports. Oh my goodness, I had no idea. So there's all these other connections and services available. Exactly. Worldwide, Special Olympics is one, I think, is the largest public health provider for people with intellectual disabilities. And I think that there's a a misconception that people with intellectual disabilities have access to great health care, but that couldn't be furthest from the truth. And we've found that in our population especially, which is why we offer free health screenings at all of our state games in a number of disciplines, from hearing and sight to basic things like checking BMIs and um, blood pressure levels, And it's all free for the athletes. Well, thank you so much for coming. And I just hope people will go and do the Anacortis Plunge. Well, since this goes on year round, I think anytime that you start thinking about this, the weather starts getting nicer, the days are getting sunnier, go to the website and see what's going on. Exactly. And there are rules for any level of ability um, in terms of volunteers. So you don't have to be an expert at refereeing at you know, soccer games, you just want to help us pass out water or give out t-shirts, there's a role for you. The website is polarplungewa.com. Exactly. For the Polar Plunge. For Special Olympics. Our general website is specialolympicswashington.org. Thank you, Jay Molina. I said it right. And Mike, thank you so much for coming in. I'm Lori Hardy, and thanks for listening today. We hope you've learned something new. I know I have. Join us again next week as we continue to talk with people that are making a difference in our community. Thank you.